care for your digestive health with Nutrilife Probiotic 50 Billion 60s from Chemist Warehouse, now 29.49. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. This time, it's enough on it, Santner. Similar stroke to what Bravo played just previously. Santner, had to bring on the golf swing to your batting Mitch. This matchup. Oh, he's stepping through. Natai. No, Jordan Natai is on fire. Let me do it. That's not. Oh no! Double it up again, Jordan Natai with another three. Forty-seven as a crack. Ninety-one. Jordan Natai with the, coming up on the performance of the season. Yes, give it up. That's right. SENZ is your place to hear the summer of cricket domestically and internationally. Yesterday, the big announcement on Smithy's show and Ian Stockley Smith with the dust off the cobwebs and get his cricketing voice gone because him and Dan McCarty will be very, very busy heading into the summer. But I hope you enjoyed that news. Hey, summer cricket, live here on SNZ. That's what we love to do for you, our wonderful listeners. Get Bring you all the sport and action from all our favourite sports that we love to support and watch. And it's a big good morning to you up there in Auckland. And Tamaki Makoto cares in the kitchen. you got Karen in the hot seat for Aroha. And you got Mr. Ricardo Ball and Tony Kemp. How you doing, lads? Yeah, good, thanks, Sizzy. Good morning, brother. Atsumari. It's a, uh, a chilly day up here in Tamaki Makoto, and uh, it must be chilly down there because you've got your hoodie on this morning out there <laughs> in your pool house. It's busy, mate. It's like a train. It's like a train station in here this morning. Five o'clock. Mm. Quite a few people walking it's a train around. Train when you roll in, Tony. <laughs> I tell you what, get on it, get on it. It's uh, going. It's going to go full speed ahead today. Because um, I had a good think about it yesterday. Is when I got home about the All Blacks game. I know we got the good news. Are you news. on the train again, Kempi? I was just listening to you talking to Andy Thompson, and I'm thinking, is this Tony Kemp? Has he got one leg on? No, bleed black. The All Blacks train. Bleed black, brother. You know that's my team. <laughs> Ricardo over there, oh. the, the chameleon Ricardo, look, looking at me look sideways. <laughs> oh, I tell you what, mate, like, I really I spat out my coffee. I really enjoyed Saturday night, eh? Like, I went along and uh, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a little bit about Saturday. I, I, I do a, a gig for for Joe Stanley and Julian. Yeah, they got about sixty odd people that come along, and they have a you know, it's a really good uh, afternoon. They've done, been doing it for a while. 
and you uh, just MC for them and and talk to the the punters and you know real good um, bunch of blokes you know a few few boys come from Taranaki and stuff like that and uh, he talked me into coming to the game because normally I do it and then you know I don't, I don't head to the game but he talked me into coming to the game and and doing a post match and uh, I'm really glad I went to the game because I got a you know. It's different when you're talking about something and you're watching it on TV all the time. And I realised that when I was sitting in the crowd and just got a real feel for all the people that were there. Like, uh, it was at at capacity, Mount Smart. I don't think they could handle too many more people there uh, that they had on Saturday night. Like, you're walking around, it was really crowded. You know, people were, you know, because it's not Eden Park and they haven't got the, the... that midsection where you can walk through the grandstand and all the way around and trying to find their seats and all that. But when everyone sat down and the the game got started, the music started playing and all that sort of stuff, it was such a good atmosphere. And then the game for me was like the real highlight because I actually got mm. to see firsthand what we've been talking about. And I, I got I got to say, it, it changed my mindset. Like my mindset mm. at the end of the game was, man, I've actually got a really like start to think and talk about this a little bit um, with a bit more of an analytical eye because I'm missing out so so much stuff. So when you're watching on TV, one thing you you don't get when you're watching telly is you don't get caught what's called the eagle cam. And the eagle cam view is from the top of the grandstand that looks down over the pitch and you see all the movement, you know. And there is, I'll tell you what, in a game of rugby, so people are saying, oh, you know, like it's, it's stop start and they're rucking them all in. Hell no. There is movement everywhere. Like, you know, mm. you can see why Will Jordan goes through the line, mate. You know, because you get guys caught out of position. Defensive coaches would have to work really, really hard on their defensive strategies when you've got, like, Richie Mwonga stood next to two front rowers and a lock and a flanker in your line. And in, in rugby league, we don't sort of have that. Um, issue because we got guys you got your middles, you get edges. We got the blokes standing in the same spot 85% of the time, you know. But in rugby union, you go from one side to the other. When they switch it back, you ain't got a back line, you got a bunch of forwards and a flanker sitting on a sideline. And I'm like, going, wowee, this is really difficult to de- uh, to defend against. Hence, why Will Jordan finds so much space. So, um, that's just one example, but just the, the whole strategy around. You know, the, the one that got me, like, when I thought Ricky, uh, Rico Oani played really well, given that they've been more direct at 12 and 13, yeah? So he never got, you know, he's not getting the sweeping 13 plays, you know, like, give it to a 13, he's running into nice holes and he's drawing and passing mm-hmm. type play. He's actually playing, like, a really, really tough game, and he's got to toughen up in defence. And I, seriously, I thought his defence, along with Geordie Barrett, was outstanding, but you don't get to see that. You know, mm. because you, I know you, what you mean. You know, you're, you're watching in such a silo um, when you're looking at the telly that you're missing everything else that's mo- all the movement that's going on. So, yeah, mate, I've got to say, and uh, I'm doing an off the back fence today about the uh, the All Blacks uh, after thinking about it yesterday. Um, yeah, man, I can I can tell you right now, I am well well and truly on my number one team for the World <laughs> Cup, the All Blacks. <laughs> yes, Kempi, you heard it. Tony Kemp is on the All Blacks. I know what you mean because we had Steve Hansen on the show a while back and he spoke about league and the way it's televised. You know, you, you cut out all that walking, all the play where it's more focused on the ball. And it's similar to rugby, but, you know, playing rugby and being able to watch league live, you see a lot of players that aren't interested 
in the ball because it's all about metres, isn't it, Kempe? Getting the metres, eating up the metres in terms of league, you know, getting to your set of six and then kicking, relieving pressure. Well, in rugby, the ball and play, every player needs to be an option. You need to mm. be uh, a part of the play so you can manipulate the defence. And I think that's the biggest difference. doesn't matter what number's on your back. You've got to be in a position where you can make a difference. And uh, hearing you say that and um, and talking about the game, I think you're on the money, mate. Absolutely outstanding. And uh, there's been a lot of doubts with the All Blacks and obviously with the handling of the coaching saga, positional plays, where these players play. But after these two weeks, I think it would have been breathing a sigh of relief for a lot of Kiwis around the country. And in uh, Fozzie. We trust trust to take us to the World Cup. But Ricardo, there's another big tournament on our doorstep. The FIFA Football World Cup. Turking off. Kicking <laughs> off on Thursday. How good? Mate, how good? How good? Yeah, getting excited about this. Uh, some of well, you know, the best teams in the world, obviously, at a World Cup. 32 of them over here and, and in Australia. And, uh, yeah, it's been good to see the teams getting amongst it. Did you, I don't know if you saw it. Uh, the Spanish being welcomed into Palmy. Uh, with a with a traditional welcome and things, so they they were well and truly there. The Swiss uh, been doing a lot of uh, work in the community as well in Dunedin, so they they're getting the local kids on side to support the That's Swiss. That's cool, you know. Uh, so yeah, no, it's fantastic, man. And uh, you know, it is. I I've been talking to. Lots of people about uh, the tournament coming up and what we what we're expecting to see. I'm going to be calling a game on Friday. Actually, calling the Swiss uh, Philippines game on on Friday with Casey from the from the office here. Oh, no, um, yeah, she told me. Uh, yeah, Casey yeah. told me she's coming along and she's doing the uh, the Uncle Kimmy Uncle Kimpy for Sam Hewitt role. <laughs> she's going. She's going. <laughs> got a lot you, to live up to. Got, she goes. Have you got any, have you got any tips? And I said, Yep, they do all the talking. You just you just chip in when you want. <laughs> so yeah, mate, I, I absolutely fizzing for it. So, yeah, I can't wait. Thursday night's going to be massive at Eden Park. And, uh, you know, we've got so many games coming our way. I want to see the Americans. Yeah, the Americans will be – I mean, they've won the last two World Cups in a row. They've won four mm. now of, of eight Women's Football wow. World Cups. I mean, they're dominant, man. They're dominant. Because they do come to New Zealand, don't they? Yeah, they're here. They're already they're here. here. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So they've been, they're based in around Wellington. Yeah, Rapinoe's been walking around. She's the biggest superstar in the game of football. And uh, she's got a can't miss her blue hair. She stands out like a like a grain of salt. But um, mate, there's been I was listening to Karen and I was doing some reading this morning on it. Sixteen uh, New Zealand football firms tipped to make the sixteen after a data analysis online has predicted them to make fifteenth position. Mm. So they've only won four games from the last twenty four. They've never won a World Cup match, Ricardo. True. Can we make the sixteen? <laughs> If I was a betting man, I'd say no. Well, I am a betting man. I'm saying no. Um, yeah, I, I just look at who's in our group, right? So we've got the Norwegians, who we play in the first mm. game. Um, they are a very good side. They're ranked 14 high, places higher than us. Ada Hegerberg, mm. watch out for her, the striker for Norway. She's the first woman ever to win the Ballon d'Or the, for, the, for, the, mm. for the best female player in the world. Uh, she's a striker at Lyon. She's got, I was reading the stats the other day, something like plays for Lyon in the French League, which is one of the top leagues in women's football. And has won the Champions League in women's football, 158 goals in 130 odd games. Like so, she's scoring more than a goal a game. <laughs> so she is okay, absolutely so we outstanding. Put a line through Norway. We yep. beating them. We beat them in in 2019, 1-0. We lost mm. our last outing, 2022-1. So it's pretty close compared to the thrashings we're getting against USA. Yeah, well, when we played them was when uh, Yitka Klimkova first took over. 
and um, we were, we would she she turned our form around because under Thomas Amani before that we'd been a very defensive team and tried to hit teams on the break. She had us trying to play on the front foot and play going forward, and that worked really well for a while. But then I don't know what happened, but something went wrong, and all of a sudden we stopped scoring. We started conceding, and uh, that they haven't managed to turn that around. I, mean, I know they did it against Vietnam uh, that turn win, but that that turn win against Vietnam was the first win you, uh, the football ferns had had in New Zealand since 2012. <laughs> defensive strategy, yeah. eh? Yeah, yeah. and don't only- <laughs> worry about it when we get the ball. You just tackle, 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 and they've only kept all um, out attack, two- eh, Kempi? Throw the game plan out and just go out there. (laughs) Look, honestly, I'm excited because it it snuck up on us. And this is one of the biggest sporting events in our backyard and our football ferns are playing in it. Okay, we put a line through Norway. We're potentially not going to beat them. But Philippines, Switzerland. Yeah, we've we've beaten beaten the Philippines recently. Um, we should we should be too good for the Philippines. They've got a guy, Alan Stach, coaching them. who's a very good coach, but I think we should have too much for them. And uh, then the Swiss, if the Swiss stay fit, They'll be too strong. Like their, their spine, they've got a top Arsenal defender playing at the back. They've got a top Arsenal def- uh, midfielder playing in the middle, and they've got a striker who plays at Barcelona, who are the current European champions up front. So if they keep that spine together, plus a few of the other players they've got in around there, they're going to be tough to beat. So I, I, I think Switzerland and Norway go out of our uh, progress out of our group. I don't think we've got enough. Oh, come on. Come on, the football ferns. Double eight, double three. Are you heading into the games? Are you heading to support our football ferns? There is 29 games of the Football FIFA World Cup here on our shores. We're sharing it with Australia. want to know if you're going out and support. And I got invited to go this weekend, uh, this Thursday's game, with the TAB and the Entain Group. But I've got the kids because my wife's going to Melbourne. Great timing, darling. <laughs> anyway, I'll be watching it on the telly. But uh, we've got some NPC coming up as well, Kempi, and it's just snuck up on us as well. Yeah. Ranfilly Shield defence, second for Wellington. They beat Horafanua Kapiti comfortably, and they're taking on South Canterbury tomorrow. You you, you watched a bit of Shield defences back in the day, oh, Kempi. You ever head along to biggest, a Shield game? Biggest, yeah, I have. Biggest biggest game of rugby ever is uh, the Ranfilly Shield um, and Taranaki have obviously had that down there a couple of times. He, uh, yeah, I've told the story about the streaker um, way back in the early <laughs> days when we got on. You know, when one of my mates said, uh, "You know, I'm, look, I'll do a streak if Taranaki won against the great Auckland side of the uh, the late '80s," and yeah, unfortunately had to get his kit off and get across the pitch. Um, but that, uh, you know, that NPC is he I. You know, we spoke about it last week about the the demise of rugby league in this country thirty years ago. Some somewhere inside me says that you know we really should be concentrating on domestic football as opposed to Super Rugby. Um, and I I don't know whether or not this you know conversation around well it's just not um, tough enough across the board is really you know worth worth its weight. Because you're talking about an old NPC model, you know, and you've got the Super Rugby model now, but you're not talking about a new NPC model that might incorporate yeah. a, 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 t- a today view, which is which I mean like opening opening up the ghetto rule, you know. So you might open up a Pacific ghetto rule where you say, well, Australians and South Africans and all that can come and play in the NPC um, and strengthen it and make the teams better. So. Uh, the, one of the things that I think that rugby could, should should do is they should do a, like a, a study on it to see whether or not the NPC can work because it's one one way of making sure rugby survives in this country because because mm. you know like I said thirty years ago we never did that in rugby league and look where our sport is now. 
Well, Steve Henson was on our show. He spoke about it. It's, it's probably, you know, the window doesn't suit. So potentially changing the window to, to another part of the year where you can align with the north and, you know, you can get our All Blacks players resting and then playing Super Rugby, potentially not playing. Oh, look, I love I love NPC, man. I, I have a lot of appreciation for NPC. It was a stepping stone. It was a genuine pathway back when I played through to Super Rugby, through to the All Blacks. Now it's just seen as a as a tournament, as an event. And, you know, that's that's sad. But Ranfilly Shield, I was lucky enough to play in a couple of Ranfilly Shield games and won it off Counties Monaco. Obviously, 2015, bad year for me, but shining positive out of it was I got to play in the Ranfilly Shield and got to witness and be a part of it and what its aura and the aura that it holds, mate. So, uh, yeah, I've got a lot of appreciation. NPC, we've got Tamati Allison coming up uh, later on in the show because they're taking on South Canterbury, Nigel Walsh's team, and uh, looking forward to watching that tomorrow at 2 o'clock. But John from Auckland has given us a call on 0800 150 811. John, how you doing? Oh, more than the lads. Yeah, man, I love the NPC. I still think mm. um, Rugby League should bring back the Bartercard Cup too. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, I totally agree with semi-professional sport. Yeah, exactly. But uh, just um, <clears throat> fun fact, which Kempi probably knows, but Jonathan Thurston's father is from Tomaranui. Yeah, he's, um, a, he's a Kiwi, hundred so percent. Yeah, he's a, he's a Kiwi. And <laughs> Another one that got away. <laughs> And his um his family name is uh, planted all over the Hukumutu um community more. Oh, not more hall, I should say. So yeah, the big farmers that Thurston family in the King Country. So well, of course we should claim him. Anyways, the weekend. <laughs> the weekend. <laughs> the weekend Did you hit along, mate? How was it? Oh, it was spectacular. Went to both games. Um Kempe, you're right, you it's know funny. it was different watching rugby union that at the the rugby league um, <clears throat> palace, but what what it did um, what I did identify as being so close to the you know the game, and um, I know rugby league is a physical sport and it's a sport I love, but just seeing the physicality of the rucks and walls. Oh, wasn't and it? You're right. Yeah, and and you're totally right. Just seeing um, Will Jordan linger around the back there and. Mm. In our back three, like in rugby league, you only see, um, you don't really see wingers off their wing or, you know, sometimes you can, the really, really good teams. But it was just, it was a different experience, but it was really, it, it actually was um, very similar to watching a game at Hamilton. But then not because the crowd is more on top of you at Mount Smart than Hamilton is. So it was a really, I think, Maybe in the future they should bring some more test matches there, but they probably won't. But um, mm. no, I really enjoyed it, mate. And to top it off, the Warriors, just amazing. Just absolutely amazing. Oh. If they if they make the grand final, Kippy, we're there. hundred percent we're there. there <laughs> Johnny's yeah. there. Mate, I'd love to see a doubleheader go back to Mount Smart. I, thought it, I think it was an awesome weekend for sporting fans and the Warriors and All Blacks fans to mix and mingle. And no doubt there are plenty of All Blacks supporters out there now supporting the Warriors. Thank you, John, for giving us a call. It is 22 past six, and it's time for this, Rick. Can't wait question of the day. Got me thinking, boys. News came out yesterday. TJ Peranara has re-signed with the Canes and NZR till 2025. 
Yeah, uh, it surprised me this news actually. Uh, great news with so many guys going offshore at the moment. But if you could have re-signed one of those players that is going offshore, you could pick one. Who would you re-sign for NZR? Ooh, there's a couple of options on the list there, and one really just springs out, stands out for me. I'm going to shoot off. We'll come back. We'll get Kempi's answer after the break. We'll get my answer after the break. Double eight, double three. TJ Perinata has re-signed with the Canes and NZR till 2025. He's a man on a mission, and I'm no surprise he's the most competitive prick I've ever met. But uh, <laughs> let us know. Who would you like to see re-signed in New Zealand if... There was a chance to keep one of our favourites back here on our shores. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast, thanks to the Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. Buy any lipo sachets from Chemist Warehouse for your chance to win a 15k Samsung bespoke home package. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Yes, it's 28 past six, and we're talking re-signing with NZR. TJ Perinata has signed with the Canes and NZR till 2025, and we're asking you, our wonderful listeners, if you had a name, had a certain someone that you'd love to see stay on our shores, who would it be? Rattle off the list, you got Sammy Whitelock. He's off to Poe over in France. Artie Savia's going over to Japan, have a wee crack over there. Are we losing him for good? Probably not. He'll come back. Uh, you've got Brody Retallick, Bowden Barrett, Richie Moonga, Alex Nankerville, Aaron Smith, and potentially others that I might have missed off the list. Shannon Frizzell. And after the weekend, I'd have to say Shannon Frizzell, Jamie, from Wanaka. Um, Shannon Frizzell and Richie Moonga will probably be top of my list there, heading over to Toshiba. Toddy Blackadder coached Japan side. And uh, I think we're still looking for that six. And Kempi alluded to it yesterday. We've found them. So Shannon Frizzell, for me, lads. Kempi? Yeah, I think. look, I think Shannon Frizzell just go, gets better and better, mate, after that game on the weekend. Um, and there, there's a, uh, there was a tweet that came out about the Shannon Frizzell law. Um, does New Zealand follow it, given the Gitto law, you know what I mean, where they went up overseas and did New Zealand start thinking about bringing players back? For me, I think if they're going to, if they're going to, stop players going up there, then they have to stop the young fellas because the young fellas grow. And if at 21, 22, they haven't matured. So their maturation rates up into 27, 28 is where they're really at firing at their best. So for me, Leicester Whanuka has to come into contention. Mm. You know, you've got a mm. kid here, um, you watch him through Super Rugby, he's absolute on fire. You've got to say he's one of the best uh, outside backs that we have in New Zealand. But at 23, he decides to go and, you know, pick up a contract up north and good on him. I'm not saying, you know, don't do it at all. I'm saying good, good on you, boy. Where you go. Get up there and earn as much as you can in the short period that you got. But if you're dead set seriously um, thinking about who do you sign to stay here in the franchise, it has to be our young boys. Because mm. when, once they go in the younger dro- droves, then it's a lot harder to, to, to stop it, you know, when they start talking and saying, you know, you can imagine a 23-year-old down here playing NPC Super Rugby and Lester Fainuku talking about it when he comes home. So the you know, younger mind's still developing. Say, well, mate, I'm good enough to go up there and earn that type of money as well, and so, as opposed to my, you know, X amount for NPC, X amount for Super Rugby, and if I make the All Blacks type thing. So for me, it's Lester Fainuku. I think he would he'd be probably the first bloke that I'd be looking at. You, Ricardo? Yeah, I think. Looking at, I mean, we've got options. I, my initial reaction was uh, Richie Moanga. 
just because I, I think he's our best 10. But you've got options at 10, right? You've got Stephen Pettifetta mm-hmm. coming through. Obviously, Damian McKenzie, when him, uh, Bodie and, and Richie Mo go, will, will probably be the number one, number 10. So, yeah, I, that was my initial reaction. But I, I've got to say, we've been lacking a six like Shannon Frizzell, like Jerome Kano for, for some time. And for him mm-hmm. to put up that performance, if he can do that consistently, he's the guy that we've got to keep for me. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And uh, you, you think for Fozzie, you know, and Razor. Razor's coming in. And you think to the time in 2015 when a lot of our big players left, the exodus, that there was a lot of worrying and concerns. Yes, so we, have, we probably haven't, you know, got off to where we were once were, dominant force on the world stage. But we're slowly getting back there. Well, if with this exodus, is it going to be the same transition compared to 2015. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Double eight, double three, oh, eight hundred, one five, oh, eight to eleven. We'll shoot off, we'll come back. We've got some headlines with Ricardo, see what's happening in the world. But before then, here's Karen with the news for Cubata. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand.